0: All right, guys. Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. It's been a little while. Uh, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. We're still getting slowly back into the swing of things, as you can see. uh, Willie's rocking his Georgia hat. Go Dogs! Took home the championship of the night. That was awesome. Anyway, we got a cool topic today. Um, You know, if if you pay attention to the podcast, we rag a lot on EVs, and we've been a little bit down about the automotive industry as a whole for a while now because it definitely has its flaws and a lot of them are glaring and we care a lot so when that stuff happens it really bothers us but we decided to sit down today and kind of new year's resolution style write some stuff down and let's see what the automotive industry is doing well and i was kind of shocked we sat down and we made a list of cars that like are being made right now that we're actually interested in and the list is a lot longer than i thought it was going to be to be honest um yes most of the cars are in short supply and the ones that you can get are being price gouged and stuff like that so they're still hard to get but they are technically available and they are being made which is freaking awesome um woolly we got pretty much the same list you want to lead us into this really quick
1: yeah but when you talked about go dogs it got me thinking like a lot of people might not realize what uga and athens and the dogs and all that mean to us like i went to uga um and i've got about six years on mike over here so like when i was (laughs) when i was um you know whatever 22 i guess 23 you would have been in high school and i had an eclipse turbo that was pretty fast for the time and pretty awesome And then you had just picked up like an Eclipse project car turbo. Um, And we had met, you know, at some parking lot meet or something like that. And, uh, and, And you and your buddies ended up kind of coming over to our apartment, hanging out, sneaking in bars, all the fun stuff. Like Athens was kind of the birthplace of S3. It's where we met. And then ultimately I got out of college, got a job temporarily. With S3, I didn't know it was going to be temporary. It was like my real job, so to speak. And then got laid off very shortly after because they were selling it. And then that's when Mike reached out and was like, you bought a magazine? Like, I want in. You know, it's like, so anyway, yeah, UGA, I mean, it, 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 it it's kind of the foundation of, uh, of S3 in a lot of ways. Anyway, go freaking dogs. Uh, <laughs> but yes is negative as we are about the car industry we were talking and it's like well holy crap like if you start thinking about it like every manufacturer has made an attempt at this point like they're trying to I mean damn like I feel like a couple years ago the manual transmission was like all but dead you know but like we were going through the roster, so to speak. I, I wrote them down like in no particular order. We, basically, there's like a dozen cars here, which starts to rival the glory days 90s, if you think about it. Now, yes, these cars arguably are not as timeless and attractive and swoopy and two-door and cool as the 90s cars would have been. But you know what? We got to take the wins where we can get them right now in the automotive industry, and they are fucking fast. You know, <laughs> like they're yeah. they're faster overall by far, and um and and they're manual transmissions, which is at this point I don't care what it looks like. Put a wing on it and a manual transmission and a turbo, and like fine, I'll call that a win. Anyway, so you got Toyota's doing the Supra in a manual transmission, which. To S3 makes that car finally relevant because when it had the automatic, we didn't care. Like, we didn't care about the name being on an automatic. But now it's a different ballgame. While we're on Toyota, they have the GR Corolla, which is brand new and should be freaking pretty rowdy, right? Pretty feisty. It's it's four-door, so it works for, like, uh, a lot of our demographic that may have a kid or something like that. You can cram a kid in a four-door. It's going to work. It's a three-cylinder, which is sits weird with me, but I'll be optimistic about it because it seems to be a very rowdy three-cylinder, um, and it's all-wheel drive. Boom! It's awesome. Uh, Toyota also has the GR86, um, which they didn't even really have anything like that in the 90s. You know, like <clears throat> a front-engine, rear-wheel-drive coupe. Um, yeah, it's not the most powerful, but it is freaking fun, and it is a coupe, and it does look good. It makes you want to buy it when you see it you know it's a car that you want to modify um so that's kind of toyota leading it because that's three potent cars right there and that doesn't even get into their off-road stuff which is also cool um nissan the z i know that's getting mixed reviews uh but that's the thing don't let don't always let the mixed reviews that you're reading on the internet steer you. I was just watching something on the Z page on Facebook and and some Motor Trend editor finally felt confident enough now to where he could take some shots at the Z. I guess he feels like he's got enough people in his camp. And so he took shots and he bashed the Z and and, and somebody was on there kind of bashing the journalists. And, and the guy had a point. Like automotive journalists, like a lot of us, Not us included because we're awesome, but a lot of of course, um, a lot of them suck these days, and you guys have got to realize that there's a whole gaggle of automotive journalists that know dick about cars that can't drive a, a manual transmission that have just found a loophole to basically get press holes or press holes press cars through their um blog or their Instagram page or whatever. So, like. They're really not seasoned enthusiasts, which means all they can speak about is specs and textures. Like they don't understand connections the way that me and you, and probably most people listening, do. The flip side of that is you have the motor trend type, and I'm just using that as a name, I'm not calling anybody out. Those established type of journalists. Now, they're comfortable. They get all the press cars. They get to go to the dinners and the functions and they Mm -hmm. get drinks bought by them by car manufacturers. They're not going to give that up to be honest. And I mean that literally. They are not going to give up their position for the sake of being honest to their readers. So their journalism is lukewarm at best. A lot of the articles that those bigger companies write are generated more for clicks. They're more clickbaity Half the time, not even true. Like they're just gossip. You know what I mean? They're just talking about cars that might come out. Um, so watch what you're listening to as far as journalists goes. Don't let a journalist or an article that you read online ruin any of these cars for you. You need to go drive them because they might they're talking about specs and the textures of the leather and the size of the screen and how. A Z compares to a Supra on paper, but there's a whole different element to it. And I don't know, I haven't driven a Z yet. So I'm not speaking for it or against it. I'm saying you guys don't just don't let all the all the chatter get in your head. Like you need to go experience these cars for yourself. A lot of the reason these cars were so successful in the 90s is because we didn't have social media to ruin all of them. People went out there and bought them.
0: What? Yeah, that, that that brings me to another point. We're so, and I feel like it's that Amazon mentality, we're so dead set on just reading and analyzing every review on something before we make the purchase that it kills it in the process. Like in the 90s when we were buying and modifying cars, we just wanted a platform, which is why so many of us had freaking like Honda Civics. That car out of the box, if a a true automotive journalist would write about that, he would say, not very fun, very slow, makes a lot of noise, doesn't look good plasticky and cheap okay but then you modify it and you make it your own and you build it and you make it awesome same thing with the dsms and like back then the supra and the z32 and the fdrx7 they were pretty cars but we didn't know much about them and then we started modifying the crap out of them and made them the you know the the god cars that they are today so just because something has bad reviews from a probable hack journalist doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it. Like, it's a cool car. It's a cool platform. If it, if it you know, tickles your peaches, you think it's cool, get it. Go have some fun with it.
1: Yeah, and every car is going to have its its internet drama. Like, that's going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's back in the day with the DSMs and the Eclipses and their crank walk or it's the GR86 and the silicone issue that they're – like the internet is going to take it and blow it up. You know, it might happen to 3% of the cars, the IMS bearings and the 911s and the Porsches are the the first water cool cars. Like the internet is going to scare the shit out of you. Do your research, but don't let the internet scare the shit out of you. A lot of times you kind of know in your heart, like how the, you know, you you know that a CTR is probably going to be a reliable car for a long time to come. You know, you know that maybe some of the other ones might be a little bit more ornery, but like, a lot of the best cars are. like That's kind of how it goes. Um, but anyway, getting back to the, to the list. I was on the Z, right?
0: Kind yeah, of on Z. Right?
1: So you got the Z. I mean, yeah, you can say it's outdated. That's fine. That's true. But you can also, like, I don't look at cars that are outdated as a bad thing anymore because I don't really like where they're going. So if I'm going to buy a new car, I kind of would like to buy a new car that, seems like it's out of 2015 or so because i don't want this new i feel like new cars in a lot of cases have gone too far so it's not necessarily a huge bad thing for to me for the z to kind of be a re-envisioned you know z32 or or i'm sorry z33 or 34 or whatever um next Honda's kind of come out and surprised us because We thought that the next Civic and Integra were total abortions. And they actually, with the CTR trim and Type S trim, are looking like they're kind of badass. I don't think pictures are doing these cars justice. I think that they went to a a, you know more incorporated flair part of the body and i think you're losing that in the white cars that for some reason they're always using on their internet pictures but like i think the presence of the of the new type r and the presence of the new integra are gonna hit pretty hard like i think in person is gonna be like dang yeah six speed honda knows how to do a manual transmission these cars might be the they might not be the fastest off the line but like they're they're freaking track cars. So if that's what you want, if you want a scalpel, you know, like, Honda's kind of bad. The only other bad thing is everything that everything else they make is boring. But, like, the Integra, and actually I saw a commercial, the MDX, they're making a Type S that look kind of potent if you want to cross over your SUV thing. But, like, those two cars, those icons are back. The Integra's back. I know, four-door, I'm not with it that much either, but it does work for our lives And, you know, they threw big wide flares on it. looks pretty good. The CTR, we didn't even have that in the 90s. We had bullshit little Honda hatchbacks that we had to, you know, ultimately blow up and then motor swap. So, like, you got to take that win. Like, we've got a CTR. Um, Mark 8, Golf R, GTI, you know, Golf R, uh, those are still running strong. Uh, You can still get them with a manual transmission. So even though I know the dual clutch in those is really good. But, like, you can still get them with a manual transmission, damn it. Um, And they're still making them, even though they're saying it's the last of the internal combustion. We'll see what happens. Um, WRX slash BRZ from Subaru, if you want to count that. But I kind of file the BRZ under the GR86 category. Um, But the WRX, uh, again, it's a love-it-or-hate-it design. I kind of dig it. I feel like Subaru's going back to at least their charming ugly versus for a while it was just kind of conservative ugly (laughs) like i'd rather it be like if you're gonna be ugly just make an ugly appealing car and i can get with it um i i've heard and and don't quote me on any of this because it was just me hearing from friends that they're making gobs of power out of the new wrx so yes we don't have an sti but i think the wrx can do what with the STI would have been doing anyway without a problem um so there's that uh the Miata tried and true MX-5 it's still here it's always been here now you can buy the freaking Targa the the what is it RF yeah RF model um that car when you see that car I wish they put a vibrant color on it I wish they'd make that thing in yellow or something like that because that car has got a ton of just soul like it's little and it it's it's got the curves of the 90s if we're talking about 90s japanese design and how we love that so much like that little rf miata has got the proportions it's swoopy it's badass it's way too tall but when you slam it it looks amazing the problem with mazda right now i don't know why they're doing it but everything is gone like conservative, their logo is like the most basic font in Chrome. Their colors are like Fifty Shades of Gray kind of stuff. They're and they look good, but I feel like they need to, they need to pop. They need to have some soul. But I've actually got the RF right now um as a press car. It's in the driveway, and I love it. It's it's unexplainably fun. If if you got to be the fastest dude in town don't buy the miata but like it makes you feel like a kid again like my wife will be like dang we're out of milk i'm like i'll go you know like i'm just like i i'm looking for a reason to drive it the only bummer for somebody like me is i don't get to drive it's a toy it's small and there's no space so there's a lot of times where you want to take it and you're not able to and a car like the integra the ctr allows you to use it a lot more uh, but damn, man, that roadster feeling—it just—I love being connected, not just to the car, but the road and and the trees above me and everything. And the Miata is great. Mustang, you want to talk about that one? I've been rambling, and you own a Mustang.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm glad that Ford is still giving us another generation of the Mustang as we know it. They're making the uh, the what are they calling it? The S650. I mean, we've seen pictures of it. It basically just looks like an S-550 with different headlights is what it really looks like.
1: I think it's Uh, up to be a lot like the Z formula. They kind of took what they had. They kind of sculpted it a little bit, gave it a little bit. Well, in the case of the Z, it got a lot more power. In the case of the Mustang, it's getting Mm -hmm. tweaked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I can't be mad at them for it. I'm glad they gave us another generation of the gas-powered, you know, stuff. So that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad they're keeping it around. The Charger and the Challenger are still around, too. They, they said it's the last generation. They made it kind of sound like it was the last year, but they haven't really committed to that yet from what I've seen. So at least for the immediate future, we do still have American Muscle toys. So, um, I mean, the Camaro's gone, but the Corvette's still around, but it's not a manual transmission anymore. So therefore, yeah. I don't care. That's just me, maybe. But yeah, no, uh,
1: the seven, I guess, is still new enough to, cons- to get good financing on it. <laughs> and and that, there's always an argument for that. If you are looking as a collector or an investor, I mean, probably the C7 could very well be the last manual transmission Corvette. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always think, you know. I mean, I'm not about stretching and making yourself car poor and and getting into loans that you might not be able to afford, but if you're going to do it, now's the time on that car. Like, I would say that you could stretch that loan out and at least have a peace of mind about it because you know you're buying the last of an American ground pounder with a manual transmission. Um, And the way Chevy's going, at least right now, they're not getting more badass. (laughs) No, so not. You know, kind of it was kind of a peak um what else do we have here oh well uh, the elantra m who wants to buy a honda nobody but hey who wanted to buy a honda in like the late 80s like you know honda's mm-hmm. dealing with the same thing that like honda and and toyota dealt with in the 80s they're having to prove it but they're proving it very well they're do it. They're like, guys, how good do we have to make it before you'll give us a chance? Like, bang for the buck, it is a hell of a lot of car. So if you can get over yourself, the Elantra M, six-speed, it's a hell of a performer. You're basically paying SI money. You're paying a little bit more than SI money for something that's just a little bit less than a Type R is kind of how I understand it. I haven't mm-hmm. driven the car, but people that have driven the car that know cars are praising it um yeah so uh <clears throat> we can go all right let's go to the european boys this, these get up a little bit more in price but when you consider the markups that are on a lot of these other cars they're not too far off you got the cayman Boxster, the m2 um if you want a mexican-made bmw the m2 is your car mm-hmm. that's all i got to say about that <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know yeah. i, you know, I Good good for them. It's it's unusually heavy. I'm sure it's a great car. Um, It's a car, you know? Haven't driven it, so I don't really care yet. Um, The Cayman Boxster, you know, it's it's the same damn car, people. I know a lot of y'all can't get with a Boxster because uh, is it the name or the convertible or the fact that it's an expensive, relatively speaking, Porsche? But uh, same thing as Cayman. Just one's got a hard top, one doesn't. They're a hell of a damn car. And, you know, Porsche is all in on this freaking EV thing, too. And they keep saying that the next Boxster Cayman is going to be electric. So it's kind of like that window is closing, you know, maybe scoop one up, maybe stretch out loans if you're not comfortable with it, you know, and just say, well, this is going to be my, you know, manual transmission sports car that I'm going to keep for a long time. And I'll just
0: pay it down maybe that's what what maybe we should make a little movement for this you know it's it's always uh, you see business people whenever they get some money what's the thing you want to invest in we'll see their stocks or real estate well let's, let's start pushing car guys into investing in these last generation internal combustion engine vehicles because that's going to be a good investment in the future for sure i think that these things i think there's always going to be a demand for cars like this, this list that you just laid out is a lot of badassery and there's still enough cool people in the world to understand and know the value of these cars. So therefore, there will always be a demand for them a Um, back-
1: loan on them. Not not as stupid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you go get a loan on your average SUV. I mean, you're going to lose your ass and that car is going to be worth 20 percent of what it was when you bought it. These cars could be the last, I mean, some of them will live on, but some of them, some of them are the last of an era, you know what I mean? Um, And I am not one to give financial advice, but if that's the case, if you as a car enthusiast understand that these cars are the end of an era, and if it has significance to you, it probably has significance to other enthusiasts, so whereas I would normally say, no, it's stupid to get an eight-year loan on a car. If an eight-year loan is what it takes for you to get a manual transmission C7, mm. and you know that that's what you want. You know the C8 ain't it because it's got an automatic so it doesn't speak to you. You know a, a hybrid's coming and then an electric Corvette and an SUV Corvette. As speaking as a collector, it, it's probably a good car to scoop up. Buy them most expensive one you can buy. Buy the highest trim you can buy and just yeah. say, I'm going to hang on to this car for a long time. And when I sell it, there's going to be a damn lot of people that want it because it's going to be significant.
0: Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. I think that's that's good sound advice. Just make sure you pick a car that has a cult-like following, which the Corvette is a, is probably the... Out of every car on this list, the Corvette the C7 manual transmission Corvette is probably the best example of that because so many people love Corvettes and most of the time people that buy Corvettes have money.
1: Yeah. I mean, look for the cars that are bigger than cars. Like the, the Corvette is bigger than cars. It is Americana. Um, and so, you know, that's that's going to carry a, a nostalgic value, a sentimental value. It's it's going to carry value. Um So anyway, that's our list here. If you guys are listening, I'll go through them slowly so it makes sense. You can kind of think about them. Um, Let's see. We got from Toyota, we got the Supra, the GR Corolla, the GR86. From Nissan, we've got the Z. Uh, From Honda Acura, we got the Integra Type S and the CTR. From Volkswagen, we got the Mark 8 GTI or the Golf R, Mark 8 uh from Subaru the WRX is still out there Mazda still doing the Miata it's as classic and great as it ever was uh Ford bringing the the S650 Mustang the new one coming this year um Elantra trying to prove it to y'all with the or I'm sorry Hyundai trying to prove it to you with the Elantra and it's a it's probably a car worth driving you just see if it speaks to your soul um BMW still doing the manual transmissions, so you got to give it to them for that. Uh, the M2 is probably a hell of a car. <clears throat> and then, of course, you got Porsche with the Cayman Boxster, their entry level, um, kind of classic pure sports cars.
0: Yeah. And then the, Char- and the
1: Corvette. And the Corvette. And the Corvette. Which is not new, but it it, it makes the list anyway because of the significance.
0: Agreed, so that's the list as you guys, as you guys can see, it's not all doom and gloom. Still into cool, fast, fun cars. They give you a visceral experience. They are there. They are being made. We can't say the manufacturers aren't giving us what we want. They might not be going 10 tenths for us, but they're getting pretty dang close with most of these models.
1: Let's real quick before we end, let's go ahead and talk about the big, ugly elephant in the room is that, Whether it's inflation causing the prices to go up, or it's greedy damn dealerships, or it's supply chain issues, the problem in the real world with a lot of these cars right now is that you either can't get them. It's so hard to get that you lose interest, or else the dealers have got fifteen to thirty thousand dollars markups on them, and that's abuse. And so, unless you want to get bent over for the sake of being an influencer, you're not buying these things. So you being kind of i don't know economic minded like what's the play here like my concern is that we're not going to buy these things because we're smart and the value is not there even though the desire is there now they've made the cars the bitch of it is what's happened in the last couple of years is that now the cars are out but the value is all screwed up for the reasons i listed above um so what do we do? Do we just wait? If we wait too long, eventually you're going to be like, see, nobody buys these cars back to automatic slash EV slash crossovers, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, if if you want to go the dealership route, which most people are going to do, because it's the way to do it, to be honest, you just have to find a dealer that you know and trust, or at least you can go and start a rapport or a relationship with and, and see if you can make something work there. The fact is, the market is falling, interest rates are up, demand is down, prices are starting to fall. Um, how fast will they fall and how far down will they go? I don't know. And we're also still talking about specialty cars here that they can afford to keep these on the lot for longer than just, say, a normal F-150 or something that needs to be out the door of the day it's there. So it is a little bit of a unique situation. The investor in me, the frugal Jew in me says, wait, just wait a couple months and the bottom is absolutely going to drop out. Or a lot of these manufacturers are already talking about going around dealerships and going to a dealership less model. um, And when it comes to sales, there is no harm in trying to reach out directly to manufacturers to see if you, especially because you're buying these cars brand new, see if you can build one on their website, see if you can call and talk to a representative there that you just say, look, the dealership can be the go-between, but I want to buy the car, the car from you guys. There's nothing wrong with that. The worst they can tell you is no, you know, just try it. If you don't want to deal with the dealerships and the markup and the bullshit and the waiting and all that, just try it see what happens. That, that would kind of be my advice. But I, I do think that prices are currently coming back down to normal. I saw that from the peak uh, to where it is right now, used car prices have dipped down about 14, half percent already. So it's coming down and it's happening kind of quick. So we'll see.
1: Cool. All right. So with that, thank you guys for listening. If you just randomly stumbled on this and you don't know who we are, we are S3 Magazine. We uh, did a national print magazine for, what, like 17 years. Um, Now we are doing an app, which is free. You guys can get it right now. There's no bogus ads or in-app purchases or any of that crap. It's just legit, real, uh, friend-to-friend automotive journalism. Uh, You can get it on Android or Apple or whatever you have. It's under the name S3 Magazine. Please check it out uh hope you enjoyed it and um hope we get some fun cars soon in our driveway guys let's just hold out a little bit longer let's get them a little okay. bit cheaper <laughs> um all right guys well we appreciate it as always
0: all right go dogs see ya